All right, welcome back. It is that time of the weekend where we from Extra AI get you another new podcast in the context of AI and machine learning applications. And this is your host, Raghu Banda. So today, I wanted to discuss on the topic of the various customer experiences from different service organizations or the system integrators in the context of how they do enterprise AI projects and what are the different challenges and how they address these issues. So what I've done is that I have uh, invited uh, the CTO of uh, Enterprise Technology from Tech Mahindra, and he's Mr. Dr. Pandian. He has a PhD in high-performance numerical and symbolic algorithms for real-time applications from the prestigious Indian Institute of Sciences, Bangalore, from India. He graduated in the mid-90s, and ever since, he's been involved in various different AI and ML projects around the globe. So I thought we've, I thought it's a better time to invite and have this kind of a conversation with him as a continuation to the other podcasts that I've done in the past when we have discussed with various different founders and CEOs about the different aspects of uh, doing machine learning and AI. We started discussing, of course, about data management techniques, machine learning modeling techniques and monitoring and logging and so on and so forth. So I want to get all these things into perspective and I've invited Dr. Pandian so that we could go and discuss a bit more on the real customer experiences from the standpoint of a systems integrator. So as always, uh, you'll find more information at the end of the podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. All right, uh, welcome back to our uh, podcast series, Extra AI, Machine Learning and AI Applications. So today I have a guest from uh, Tech Mahindra, one of the SAP partners. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Pandian uh, heads the technology department at Enterprise Technology at Americas, and he's a CTO for uh, Enterprise Technology at uh, uh, Tech Mahindra. So, welcome on board, uh, Dr. Pandian. Could you provide a quick uh, or a brief background about yourself so that we can get into the, uh, today's conversation? Yeah, thanks, thank, thanks, Raghu, and good afternoon. Um, so uh, just to introduce myself, um, as I mentioned, I lead the technology office for the enterprise technology business of uh, Tech Mahindra, which predominantly focuses on the West Coast and the Silicon Valley uh, customers, tech customers. And uh, I, I've been in this role for the last uh, seven years. And prior to joining Tech Mahindra, I was actually at uh, Cognizant building a cloud management uh, product at a, uh, and, and a platform for uh, managing all the hyperscaler uh, uh, the products and then the applications running on them. And prior to that, I was with Wipro um, uh, Technologies uh, heading uh, high-performance computing practice uh, globally as well as the computing practices. And prior to that, I spent about eight years in Indian Institute of Science Bangalore where mm -hmm. I did my PhD as well. Uh, um, I, I worked, worked there as a as an R&D staff for about five years and then three years uh, towards my PhD. And PhD was on 
high performance computing and algorithms application to high performance computing so while actually was uh, studying in during my masters as well as during my phd studied about uh, ai um, uh, image processing pattern recognition neural networks and all that which used to be very theoretical in those time but uh, i'm i'm very glad and very happy to see those things actually kind of being uh, democratized and then being adopted by industry today um, thanks to all the technology of the evolution which has happened either be it the computing mm-hmm. be it the connectivity being sensors and then the the comments the and and then the availability of computing I and mean, what used to be in data centers today that power is available on our palm and in the phones True. so thanks to all this development and then we are seeing actually kind of uh, the mainstream adoption of ai i mean AI, now actually the ai is uh, everywhere right uh, beautiful uh, yeah. thanks thanks for inviting me for this uh, podcast beautiful uh, dr pandian i think that was an amazing introduction and when you talked about iasc uh, like i mentioned in the past i have some kind of a um uh, some kind of an experience with iasc because one of my my first companies that i worked with uh, this was like a startup uh, founded by some of these indian institute of science uh, professors and students so i had some kind of an interaction with these aic members and i like like you mentioned i think uh, all the technological advancements during using the data and the algorithms everything is now coming to life and we have lot more applications and now the whole technology can realistically be applied into these different uh industries of the different businesses and we also see a lot of these things happening so glad to have you on our uh, podcast uh so like i do always uh, before we get into the topic of uh, today's conversation about customer experiences in the enterprise ai projects maybe we'll start with a quick teaser question about uh, we all have been going through this, through this journey of understanding and how we have been implementing ai and machine learning what is that one thing that changed your perspective or in the past things you have been doing things in a different way but with the use of ai and ml or whether it is in your professional or personal space uh, how it has impacted you uh, currently oh yeah i mean i'm the thanks for that question ragu i'm very glad to answer um i mean just going back about 6 uh, 7 years ago um when when one of our customers actually brought up a very challenging problem the problem is they actually develop uh, a system and a system for a semiconductor industry and this system has got a lot of features and there are a lot of deployment in the field and and then there are always uh, new requirements and the, and the and the enhancements and bug fixes which actually comes uh, to the engineering team to r and d team they need to prioritize uh, on those uh, new develop where the engineering can actually focus on the on the new features or the fixing the existing bugs mm-hmm. and uh, to to actually come up with this there is a sales team there is an engineering team there are the scientists the process engineering scientists all come together and then they spend about uh, a couple of days to to come up with uh, identifying the top issues which needs to be fixed mm-hmm. so and 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 I mean, this and sometimes what happens is they are not able to actually kind of do it on on on, on time because of uh, the 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 bandwidth availability of this specialist and then uh, they are all busy with their day to day 
uh, operations and um, uh, the, the customer I mean, we were just discussing with uh, the, the customer customer said that this is actually a challenge and then we actually can use it a very way we can actually solve this problem and uh, yeah, I mean we thought okay let's why not let's just attempt trying to solve this using machine learning and mm -hmm. uh, and then we uh, of course uh, data is very critical for the machine learning. we asked we asked the question to the customer saying that how long you have been doing this and then how much data do you have and when the customer say that we have been uh, doing this for last uh, decade uh, decade and we have all the data and that is when we started okay just start looking at it and then we commenced we said okay by design intentionally we said we are not going to talk to any of your, uh, your teams mm -hmm. and let's try to model it without talking to them and while we understood the domain then what we did is we actually took those data mm -hmm. and then and, and in this case uh, I mean all the Today, the tools are so available with the I means so there are multiple tools available, which we can, we don't have to actually get the learning process also very, very, very quick and easy because it's well documented and then the examples are available. We used Azure ML Studio mm -hmm. and then used a classifier algorithm model. And then we fed the data, trained them. And then we, when we actually ran on the data, which is already classified, we were mm -hmm. able to get about close to 92% of uh, accuracy. When we actually shared that with the customer, customer was very excited. And and then we kind of uh, tested on the new data, and which is pretty close to what the team would have would have come up with. And this actually kind of I mean, we felt all great because it's kind of solved a problem at the at the industry level. And uh, but this is just the just start of uh, what we saw as a real application of AI is solving a business problem. But then the I mean, then we actually come a long way solving multiple problems for our customers. Beautiful, beautiful. I like uh, the introduction example that you have provided and how your journey started, I think, when you started working with these uh, different uh, problems and how AI ML has impacted in uh, solving these issues. Beautiful. So let us take a quick break and then come back and get into the meat of our real conversation today. Sure, Raghu. All right, uh, welcome back. So today, the topic uh, I would like to discuss with uh, you, uh, Dr. Pandian, is around the customer experiences in the aspects of, uh, I know you folks have been working on different customer projects, whether it is in your current role or in the past role, you have been working with different enterprise grade projects. Uh, and the customer experiences, I would like to discuss a bit more on that. We do not need to talk about the names of the customers uh, to keep it confidential, but I think we can go. And uh, I want to understand and help the audience, what are the learnings? So before getting there, I would like to go at a high level from the customer standpoint, how are AI projects in implemented? Maybe a big picture overview, if you can provide. Um, yeah, sure. So um, I, I think, um, um, as I mentioned, uh, Raghu, AI has come a long way. And uh, pretty much we see the application of AI uh, 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 across across the board, either be it uh, engineering a product, the self-healing of the product, understanding how the product uh, features are being used by the customer, giving that feedback back to the design team so that the design can focus on the highest impact which they can create from a customer experience point of view mm -hmm. or implementing some kind of a chat bot I mean, now with the chat gpt being kind of going viral 
mean, you, you can imagine how that chat GPT can be integrated into the product so that the, the usability of the product and then the experience of the product itself can be transformed with, with a bot being integra integrated. Or even, for example, uh, solving uh, the, the customer, customer issues problem, what I mentioned uh, earlier. We see that uh, A is being adopted across the board, across various business functions with our, with, with, with our customers, and, um, um, and which, which is good. But, but one of the critical things for implementation is in terms of availability of uh, large data as well as a good quality data. That mm -hmm. becomes a challenge in some cases because some of the problems which when we try to solve, so theoretically it is possible to solve. But when we get into looking at is it is it feasible to solve it, then the non-availability of data makes it difficult it challenges. There are alternative solutions to that. We can actually create some synthetic data and uh, uh, and and then solve the problem. But uh, but if the data itself is not available, even creating a synthetic data may not help much. So um, I mean, the short answer is we are seeing adoption of AI across the board uh, across all our customers. Uh, Beautiful. Beautiful. So if you take one step back. And now if you go into the basic steps that are involved in an AI project, like you rightly mentioned, you have to start with uh, the data aspect. Do you want to talk a few things around the basic steps that you will take when you are getting into an AI project or a project when you're implementing in a project in the context of AI? Absolutely, absolutely. So I think the... Uh, before we even get into the AI data and uh, models and all that, it, it is very important to look at what is the problem we are trying to solve and uh, problem understanding from a domain perspective. I, mean, I, I think uh, that takes about 30 to 40% of the overall uh, effort to solve using AI ML. Because some of the problems, you may not even need AI ML right. to be solved. See, if right. there is a problem which can be solved through a regular, regular expression, we may not need even AML. We can actually either you should solve through uh, uh, differential equations or uh, uh, finite element <clears throat> analysis and so on. We don't need to, to apply AML. So that is the first step we need to look at. I mean, the, is, it, is it really an AI problem or mm. we can actually solve that through regular expressions? Good. So assuming that we are not able to, it's a nonlinear problem, we will not, it's very too complex problem and then it actually has multivariate uh, variables involved and then which is actually not cannot be solved by regular expression that is when we look at so going taking it to yeah, AML. when you take it to application of uh, AI like uh, machine learning uh, once we understand the domain the next is in terms of defining what kind of models we need to use is it a is it a classification problem is it a regression problem and uh, so we need to identify what kind of problem we are trying to solve. The next step is in terms of now we have the model identified. The, what is the amount of data which we have to train these uh, models? Again, the, I mean, there are multiple aspects on training the model. The models that doesn't have to be over-trained, under-trained. It has to be right, I mean, trained at the right level because the, the otherwise the results will be biased. So we need to look at the biasless training of uh, the models. And for that, we need to have the good data and as well as the large data. And when we have the data, we also need to look at what is the kind of uh, the data which we need to know. Because we need we need for training the model. We may not need all the data, so the feature engineering of this data becomes very very important as well in terms of selecting the right data. So once we have the data, then mm -hmm. we have to segregate the data into the test data as well as the train data, training the training data, and then usually it'll be. 80-20, we use 80% of the data for training and then 20% of the data for testing the model 
whether the the models are giving accurate uh, results or not and then if if we if it is the the mod the results are not accurate we need to re reiterate looking at the partitioning of the data again go through the entire process of feature selection and then data cleansing and and so on till we get to a point where the the model is reasonable uh, reasonably accurate <clears throat> then once we get the model trained then we look at the actual the 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 untested data to make sure that the the result is in line with if if we have to actually do it in a traditional model of mm -hmm. uh, of validating getting that results once we do that then apply that results back into the domain to solve the actual problem this is the entire the right. chain of where we start and where we where we end uh, uh, means one one has to look at the, from the complete flow of uh, uh, application of ml in solving the problem sure sure so in the context of these, like I think uh, you very rightfully mentioned that, yeah, you start with a business problem, understand if AI ML realistically has to be applied or it can, if it can be done with normal rule-based or differential equations, you could go ahead with that. Uh, but now that you identified that, yeah, you need to get, do you have the right amount of data? And then how do I do the machine learning models? And how do I do the prototypes? And once I do the prototypes, then I get in there. So... I know there are a lot of different data science tools involved here. There are quite a lot of these open source tools available, and there are some uh, tools, maybe homegrown tools that you might have internally. Uh, any any aspects that you want to uh, talk about how Tech Mahindra as, as a company or as a firm helping uh, the customers in implementing these projects? Any specific uh, thoughts that you could talk about? Yeah, from a from a tools perspective, as you mentioned, Raghu, there are a lot of tools available. There are a lot of open source tools available, frameworks available, and then the, there are tools available from the hyperscalers, uh, uh, be it Microsoft, AWS, and GCP. They all have the the trained models, untrained models, and um, and and as as well as the commercial products uh, like H two O, the driverless AI, and 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 so on. So I mean, we because we come, we are, we are actually. Uh, 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 solution integrator because uh, right. the service provider and uh, many of many of the times what happens is that uh, when we actually kind of uh, work on a particular project the tools will some uh, in in some cases we get to choose the tools in mm -hmm. many in some cases the customer would have already made a decision they would have already implemented some tools and we need to actually adapt to those tools so we kind of work across various uh, frameworks like tensorflow pytorch or R, Python, Python libraries, and then the SageMaker, or Azure, Azure ML Studio, and and, and then um, AI Studios from Google, and so on. Beautiful. So I, I know being a system integrator and um, working with these different customers, you are in a place where, like you mentioned, sometimes you have the flexibility of picking the tools that you would work on, but more often than not, maybe you're also in a situation where you will have to depend on what are the tools available here. Uh, do you see any uh, customer uh, impact, meaning uh, um, depending on uh, their, uh, do you also are, uh, do you see any customer impact uh, when you are building these? Like uh, or, or any thoughts around that? Sure. So some of the, for example, when we, when we have to, we, when we have to get into a, uh, faster implementation and mm -hmm. we don't have enough uh, 
data scientists available to 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 work on a work on a problem mm-hmm. and then we are also not clear with respect to we are, at a high level we know what models to use but right. we exactly no, don't know what what models to use then in those kind of cases we have used a tool called uh, driverless ai from h2o mm-hmm. and what it does is that it automatically once we feed the data it automatically does the feature selection which is predominantly done by the data scientist and it also selects the various models and then the same data is fed into uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at any point in time four or five models which actually picks up and then starts running then we actually do an like, uh, testing of those models in parallel when you start with five or six models i mean out of them one or two models may be very given accurate uh, uh, results from a testing point of view and then we can that actually kind of uh, uh fast tracks the entire process of getting into the into the into into the identifying the right model and then implementation so um uh, when when the time is a constraint when the data scientist is a constraint then we use the tools like uh, driverless ai from h2o beautiful just as an example Sure, sure, beautiful. I like I like the way uh, you brought up this uh, point. That that was what I was trying to bring it out uh, in our conversation. Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, so maybe I think let's take a quick break and then come back and uh, continue our conversation by getting into the prerequisites and any some customer live use cases. Sure. <clears throat> All right, uh, welcome back. Uh, so we've been having some interesting conversation on how uh, customer projects are being implemented in the space of AI. So now let us continue this conversation, Dr. Pandian. Uh, before talking about any live customer scenarios or live customer use cases, maybe I think if you could provide some thoughts around the basic prerequisites that are needed while you're implementing these AI projects with the customers. Yeah, so prerequisite again, I'll I'll go back from the overall flow perspective. Raghu. Understanding of the domain and the problem is very important because we should we 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 should know what problem we are trying to solve, and um, and once we understand the problem, and next is in terms of to solve the problem, do we have means models are available because now as I mentioned, a lot of models available in open source and commercial products as well as the hyperscalers. So models, implementation of model is not a problem, not a challenge at all. There is a lot of models available. The next immediate prerequisite is in terms of, do we have enough data? Just not only having uh, good data, it should be a good data and large data because the, the accuracy of the model performance depends upon how good we train them and then the, for the training we need to have a good quality data and large data so if if the data is available then then we can actually look, seriously look at uh, implementing an ml based solution if the data is not available there are some solutions with respect to creating a synthetic data um, wherever the data is missing but again that will actually create some kind of a bias from a decision making uh, point of view and there is always a compromise I means the availability of data versus non-availability of data and then that is where actually we can draw a line whether we should actually go ahead and uh, go forward or we should actually kind of it is not feasible to uh, work on so data becomes a very critical um, requirement as prerequisite for for the model and and then once we actually implement the model then again interpreting the results and then applying back to the domain the, the problem which we are trying to solve is is another I mean, we have a good understanding of that as well as well 
so the SMEs from a domain perspective, we need to have good data scientists who actually can look at the data and then make a make a decision. And then and then once the model is built, then we need some engineers who can actually build the model, operationalize it, and then take the results back into up to solving the problem. Beautiful. So as a system integrator, like you have mentioned, I think uh, you are bound, whether it is as a system integrator or any other enterprise firm as well, of course, you're bound with the data. But for you, it gets even more challenging because you are working with a particular X and Y customer and then you're working with a few different tools which are available with that X and Y customer or you try to bring in some additional open source tools. So for you, it becomes even more challenging when you're working there if you do not have the proper set of data. Uh, but like you mentioned, I think there are some alternatives that you also look into that, right? Okay. Maybe I think, uh, let us- uh, Absolutely, I can give one example. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Dr. Dr. Pandian, go ahead. No, I can give one example where we actually kind of, um, we felt that the problem can be solved, but we actually can't went deeper and then then realized that uh, we don't have enough data to solve the problem. And then we actually, the customer and us, both of us have to call off saying that no, right now we are not ready to solve the problem. So the problem is like when a system is designed, Mm -hmm. And the, the system actually consists of a lot of uh, sub-modules and then the sub-parts. And each of this part actually has got a, uh, the, the, the performance. I mean, there is a, the operational data associated with the individual parts. Mm -hmm. And there are some characteristics for this, these parts. And when we actually put them into, into, a, into a system with various moving various parts, with each part having different parameters, so our customer wanted to know that at the design stage itself, we know that what are all the parts which are going in. Mm -hmm. And if we can actually make a decision that what is the probability of this particular system failing in the field, maybe after three months or six months, or does it actually will, what is the, what is the confidence level that the system will actually generate the output, uh, which is actually within the, within the quality range of uh, the, the requirement? Is it possible to predict that in the design stage? And if we know it is actually deviating from, from what is the expected out, outcome, we can actually alter the design and then and then refine it. And then we can actually go for manufacturing and then and then deploying it in the field. That actually can solve a lot of uh, millions of dollars for, 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 for the customer. Then we it looked um, uh, possible. And then we actually kind of know which model to use and then then we started looking at the data. The customer themselves have to depend upon the data from the, their suppliers because the parts were ah. supplied by their vendors. And then when 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 went we went and checked with them, some of them had data and some of them did not have data. So there are, there are about some five thousand different parts. Only eight hundred of them had the data, and then rest of them did not have the data. Then that is when we decided that this is too less small amount of subset of data for us to even work on this project and visual. Then we then, but actually it 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 helped customer to go back and tell all their suppliers, saying that now onwards start actually kind of uh, uh, capturing the data, so that if not now, maybe a couple of years from now, we can actually use that to apply uh, the apply the product. So the data it becomes very critical, important, beautiful, uh, and and especially for us. From a from a solution integration integrator point of view, means we actually depend a lot on customer, and customer depends on their their suppliers for the for the data. Right. So there are different levels of uh, 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 the data that you have to pull in, like starting with the system integrator to the sub to the customer to the suppliers. So you have to definitely collect data at different levels, and when you are going into the 
particular modules, sub-modules and parts and other things. Beautiful. I think uh, the way you have, uh, the I, I like the aspect of uh, identifying this ahead of time and then trying to design uh, the models and then you identify and then go back and then say, okay, this particular thing we can't do. So we'll uh, put it forward for a uh, at later point of time. That that is very helpful, yeah. So now um, let, let, let us take a, uh, let let us take an example. I think maybe if you can talk about a life yeah. uh, about a customer use case, about how you have helped solve a particular business problem with the concept with by using AI or ML and maybe some of these tools. I think uh, maybe in the big picture how it all fits in together. Sure, absolutely. Yes, I can actually, as I mentioned, that we and one of the advantage of being in this space is that we get to work across various uh, problems for our customers because we have a diverse set of customers. And then, um, some in the interest of time, probably I can just talk about one or two. Sure, um, sure. Uh, and the real, real cases. See, one of the customer was actually making a system that actually gets into the in, into the trucks. Um, uh, which is being used by the by the logistics companies, mm -hmm. and uh, they they wanted to actually monitor the uh, the efficiency of the drivers, like in terms of uh, did they have uh, enough sleep, and then they are getting fatigue, or the month they're paying attention to the road because that actually was very critical for uh, for the safety of the for the for the drivers. Mm -hmm. And um, while this customer had a product which actually kind of gets a lot of uh, uh, sensor data from the vehicle, but um, but that doesn't actually kind of convey uh, the, how the effectiveness of the driver themselves. Mm. So what we what we propose to the customer is, let's actually keep keep a small camera, which okay. actually captures the facial um, image of the, uh, of the of the driver, and we were able to actually kind of um, uh, capture about eighty thousand points in the, wow. in the on the face, and and then. We actually telemetered the data from the vehicle uh, uh, through an edge device and then to uh, to an Azure hub, and then the the data which is collected on Azure hub, we actually did the facial. Uh, we we actually built the vision computing models in terms of identifying whether the driver is actually paying attention, is actually blinking his uh, uh, eyes, and then he's paying attention to the road, and then is he actually kind of. Uh, getting into a fatigue or is he in a sleepy mode. So we were able to actually, by just looking at that facial recognition, we were able to detect how the driver is kind of operating and we were able to give feedback to the to the driver then and there. If actually, uh, if you need to driver has to take a break, we can actually tell them to just go and take a break and then just uh, start drive, driving. This kind of helped the safety uh, of, the, uh, of the drivers as well as... Uh, the the operational efficiency of this logistics uh, company. So this is a product company in 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 the in the Bay Area, which actually built for them, and this gets deployed into all the uh, most of the trucks. So this is one one mm -hmm. example of how we solved the problem for a real product which we built using uh, all the um, the uh, ML models and then deploy it on the cloud and then operationalize it and then, and and it was an end to end solution where we not only build the solution but we deployed and we operationalized it uh, for our customers okay the second one was um, for a, for another very complex uh, um, uh, uh, product uh, product like a complex as, as complex as building an air uh, plane where there are again multiple parts and then and when the design is created this is actually after the design is created the, the, the then the, the actually the um, 
uh, the pods needs to be selected from the various vendors. And for every okay. pod, there will be three or four vendors, in some cases, 10 vendors. But depending upon the, the requirements on the constraint of the timeline, when the, 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 the product, need, the system needs to be delivered, and depending upon the various quality parameters, and as well as the functional parameters, the, the procurement team needs to down-select three okay. two two vendors one as a primary vendor and other one as a backup vendor and that process actually takes a lot of time because it's it was all done manually even though there are a lot, lot of data available but somebody needs to go through it and then talk to the vendors and then do and and then select select and then you think about if you have to actually have uh, say some a uh, thousand to two thousand different types of parts which goes into the system and then each each part has got uh, 10 vendors where the complexity increases yes so yes. we looked at that that was a problem given to us by the procurement it actually came from not from the engineering not from the it procurement gave that problem to us saying okay. that for every time we actually we have to down select the, the suppliers it we, we are spending a lot of time and then to, so so then we again the same question we asked them is that have you been select doing this process? Do you have the data from, from all the suppliers? And when they say okay. that, yes, we do have data. And in this case, the customer had data for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we were able to get those data. And, the, and the, the procurement have to define what the what the parameters are, the selection criteria is, and automatically we rank those vendors. And, and, okay. and then we'll actually give the top two vendors for each uh, supplier, each, each part, so that the, the procurement can go and place, uh, place an order uh, for them. This actually cut down lot of cycles from a procurement uh, point of view uh, so this is altogether a different kind of a problem which we solved which we, we, we which we actually when when this problem came to us from a procurement we uh, the, the, when the sales team came to us they said that there is a procurement problem so we even thinking that what how do we solve this then we looked at it then it was best fit for a, a problem that can be solved through ai right right i think beautiful i think both the examples that you have quoted are Really, really very interesting. I think, yeah, I understand the procurement uh, space a bit more because I also come from the procurement background, uh, 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 procurement engineering background. Uh, so, yeah, I very well uh, uh, can relate to this where you have, uh, two, there are so many number of suppliers and we have, uh, like you have many number of parts and you get from different suppliers. And if you, you definitely need to rank which of these suppliers are the, I have my primary supplier and the secondary supplier. Beautiful, I think. And the other example that you have quoted, I think uh, that was very interesting uh, with all these uh, advance advancements that are happening and then how you could integrate directly with the trucking or the logistics, uh, the trucking logistics firm where how they can realistically make sure that the efficiency is increased as well as the safety of the drivers is increased. Beautiful. Uh, before we take a break, um, do you want to add any highlights about uh, your experience while working on these two projects, meaning um, with this customer, with, with, with a customer, or maybe the other aspects while you're building these uh, use cases or implementing them? Yes, yeah, some, some of the things while we talked about the availability of uh, tools, uh, but still I think um, uh, getting this into a mainstream, uh, there, is, there is still a scarcity of uh, um, I mean, the availability of the talent in, in the market. That actually is, is, is the biggest challenge for our customers. And uh, uh, so we actually kind of try, try to address that with um, building some kind of uh, accelerators, some kind of reusable tools. 
and that is where we have been spending and, and then in investing in creating some kind of a tool which which helps us as well as helps our customers uh, like maybe i can just talk about one such tool which we are actually kind of uh, building sure, in our sure. in, uh, mm-hmm. technology sure go ahead yeah okay so um means the and and i mean this is again we started the looking at a uh, couple of years ago then uh, i mean while we do a lot of the i mean always the machine learning ai project starts as a pilot or a, or a prototype and uh, and we saw that uh, 80% of them doesn't even become productionized the right. reason for that one of the reasons which we saw that is not having um, a proper um tools to to operationalize those models either mm-hmm. in terms of uh, model management version control of the models and then uh, retraining of the models because the model tend to drift on their performance over a period of time because of the data which say that we need at some point in time it needs to be re- retrained and then uh, means making sure that those models are available and then uh, it visible to the users because it means in in if you don't have those models well published with a good documentation the team try to recreate them so the governance of this entire model uh, ecosystem in a, from an operation point of view we saw that as a challenge so we actually built a, a platform mm-hmm. which uh, can be deployed on prem can be deployed on cloud and which which actually once the model is created the model could be created in tensorflow pytorch it could be in r Uh, it could be in jupiter <clears throat> created using jupiter notebook then we actually can containerize the model mm-hmm. and then deploy it on the cloud and okay. then we can start managing those with the version of version in terms of we can do two models ab testing to produce the results of one versus the other and uh, documenting them ranking them rating them and all that and then making it as a model available in a marketplace like okay. within an enterprise if means uh, either within enterprise or even outside some customers have actually used it outside as well but predominantly within an enterprise we can actually have a marketplace where this all these models are listed and then the and then the any users who want to use it the models are readily available it will be actually kind of available as an api as well so they oh, can okay. they can use it so we call it as gaia the framework is called gaia and then it kind of we uh, open sourced it uh, uh, as well so that it actually benefits the community if the community wants to use it beautiful so and this uh, framework that you have provided this is available to be integrated on any of these uh, hyperscalers as well as any of these enterprise technology platforms right i think whether it is on premise absolutely yes yeah okay correct okay. yes yeah uh, okay so it can directly be integrated or it can also run as a service with this api that you have provided okay open api correct yes yeah beautiful so i know we have been having some interesting conversation uh and uh, let let us take a quick break uh, so that our audience can digest some of this information and then we come back and uh, do our uh, talk a bit more about the real time challenges and do some closing remarks all right uh, welcome back so we've been having some interesting conversation uh so before we go to the key takeaways and closing remarks uh so dr pandian would you like to provide some i know you folks have been working on these different projects and we have been directly interacting with the customers in this implementation of these ai projects starting with the business problem and other things do you want to highlight some real time challenges uh that you have faced uh in the context of these projects and 
uh, in the context of these customer experiences and how did you try to address them? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so some of the challenges, um, what we have seen is, I mean, um, number one is, I mean, a couple of years ago when we started, there was a lot of hype, hype cycle on uh, AIML, right? I mean, any problem you actually name, the, the first thing people wanted to use it, solve it through AI and, and ML without even uh, looking at double clicking, whether is it feasible, do we have enough data and things like that. So I mean, I mean those challenges have gone away now uh, and people, I mean, most of uh, uh, the customers as well as uh, the team knows that uh, what problem can be solved and what cannot be solved. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but but the challenge again uh, is in terms of um, uh, implement implementing them. When it comes to implementation, it's very easy to actually prototype, easy mm -hmm. to create a POC, but from Taking a prototype, a POC into an operationalized production version, there is there is a challenge because there is uh, um, uh, number one is the availability of uh, the talent okay. either with our customers in the market uh, because that productionizing and uh, AML model requires a different kind of a, a skill set and um, uh, uh, and, and that, that I mean, to address that particular gap we are kind of within techem we invested i'm sure there are other others who are investing in a similar uh, 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 tools to help uh, that aspect of productionizing and uh, and second is in terms of um, uh, and now comments like the challenge is we have too many models and too many tools and too right. many uh, solutions available in the market when looking at what is the right tool right uh, model to choose is 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 another challenge because that requires kind of little bit of understanding of uh, the models and then the uh, and the domain um uh, and in some cases customer comes to us with uh, with a business problem and then we actually kind of take care of uh, the rest of the complexities underneath to to actually solve solve the problem but, but if somebody wants to solve it themselves first time then there are too many things to look at uh, uh, from a solution point of view. So that is that is the second and third challenge is always, um, as I mentioned, data data yeah. data is the key for 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 AML, and having the right data, quality data, good data is 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 always a challenge. In in some cases, we see there are a lot of data, but then when you actually do a lot of uh, double clicking on the, on the quality of data, then we'll see that the data is missing, the data is incorrect, and then data is not consistent, the integrity of the data is not, the, there are so many data data issues. So if you can solve the data problem, and then then becomes rest of them becomes uh, uh, easy. I would I would say, I mean, any yeah, understanding of the domain and problem is very important, and the data is uh, making sure the data availability is uh, the second very important aspect. Uh, uh, to make sure yeah, the AI project is successful. Beautiful, beautiful. I uh, yeah, very well uh, understand yeah, what you have been mentioning, the aspects of data and the importance of the understanding the business space and the business problem. So I know um, it's an, a very interesting topic, a very interesting conversation. I try to keep these conversations within 45 minutes so that the audience can get the gist of what we are uh, discussing in this uh, podcast sessions that I do. Uh, any key takeaways and closing remarks that you would like to provide, uh, Dr. Pandian, from your experience or from TechM experience uh, and any additional resources that you would like to provide for the audience? Oh, absolutely. I think I think we are in a very, very, very ex exciting and interesting phase of uh, 
uh, our life in terms of today all the technology is available we are able to solve problems and ai actually application of ai is going to change the way we actually kind of uh, work as well as the way uh, the quality of life is going to significantly improve either being in terms of application that to medicine application that to transportation the application of ai into education and 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 so on and um, uh, uh, while there is there is kind of uh, um, uh, some kind of a, um, uh, what i would say people say the way it's going to take over our job and then we may actually end up losing job and things like that but I mean, this is what I mean, analogy goes back to when calculator were invented when okay. the computers were in, when they actually became mainstream we didn't lose our we actually the job increase so similarly when the ai actually kind of uh, gets into mainstream there will be more and more jobs being created I mean, the jobs the quality of jobs will be higher than what we do today but uh, but definitely very exciting and then this is actually going to create a big impact on our lives uh, in a in a positive way uh, Thank you. Uh, any particular references or resources that you would like to uh, share or uh, that that you might want to share for the audience? Uh, no, I mean, I think the, 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 when the current happening, I think chat GPT, I mean, if, if you have not tried it out, just go and take a look at it and try it out. Though there were I mean, similar models have been implemented by Google. With the, actually, BERT is, BERT is an similar model which google actually uh, made it available and then i think facebook had a robert and then the aws had uh, SageMaker gpt version 2 but uh, but a chat, chat gpt i think i mean i've been experimenting that and it's it's actually giving very impressive uh, responses and if, if you have not tried it out please go and look take a look at it thank you thanks for your uh, time uh, uh, dr pandian my pleasure ragu thank you bye bye now All right, let us now wrap up this podcast number 43. I would first like to thank Dr. Pandian for putting aside some valuable time and sitting with us and sharing some experiences around how they have handled enterprise AI projects in the context of uh, AI and uh, from the standpoint of these different service organizations or system integrators. There are situations, we have seen that there are situations when there are uh, minimalistic requirements where you have to stay on with some of the tool sets that you are handed over. And then based out of that, based on the business problem, you will have to understand and interpret and build uh, these machine learning models or implement enterprise AI projects. So it was very helpful. I. I kind of understood and kind of gained different kinds of perspectives from this conversation. I hope this was helpful to you as well. If you have any further questions, you can directly reach out to my guest, Dr. Pandian, since I'll be tagging him in the LinkedIn post. Alternatively, you can also reach out to me, Raghu Banda, on any of my social media channels, uh, on LinkedIn, Raghu Banda, or RK Banda Twitter, and I can introduce Dr. Pandian for any further conversations. As always, you can go to our uh, website, extraai.com, X-T-R-A-W-A-I.com, and find 
many more different interesting podcast conversations with different guests on many other topics. Any additional feedback or any new topics that you would want me to get on board, feel free to reach me out on any of the social media channels, RK Banda on Twitter or Raghu Banda on LinkedIn, or even putting a message through the website extraai.com. Finally, I would like to thank you, the audience, for taking your time in tuning in and listening into the conversation and as always providing some feedback. Stay tuned for many more interesting conversations from Extra AI and happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Thank you and bye-bye now.